You are now in tune with Mamba Radio. What up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to Brown Mamba Radio. For those of you who don't know, my name is Jackson, and happy Monday to everybody out there. Hopefully, you've all been doing great, not just last weekend, uh, but last week, the weekend before, and all that, as, 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 as long as I've been away. Hopefully, you guys have all, uh, like I said, been doing great, been doing well, and, uh, you know, sorry for the little layoff, but, um, you know... I started taking this uh, this little class uh, at nighttime, well, like later in the evening, and I, I scheduled it to take it uh, right before my night shift starts, and so um, I've been doing like 14-hour days for like the last three weeks almost, and as you all know, this is, you know, a labor of love for me, and um, I, just, uh, I, I, just, I just had to prioritize, and I haven't been able to fully focus myself on doing this, and, I, and you know how I am. And to quote the great Ron Swanson, you can't half-ass two things. You got to whole-ass one thing. So I focused my energy and my attention on that. I'm almost done. Um, this is my last week doing it. So I just felt like I should take the time to get back in the swing of things. Just put a quick episode out there. Just pretty much just going through what's been going on um, in the NBA because that's all that's been dominating everything. And um, like I said, yeah, just uh, sorry for the layoff. Apologize, but I will get back on track soon. And, um, yeah, it's nice to be back, but, you know, just a quick little update on myself, since, in, just in case you guys are wondering, um, like I said, that's what's been going on with me, um, and why I haven't been, you know, posting as much lately, um, but what I will say, what I have been fucking with lately, big time, this past Saturday, had a great time at Smoke and Grooves, uh, concert, festival, whatever you want to call it, down in Long Beach, it was just a great Great time. Um, Flows room familiar. It was a little show uh, put together by Joe K of Selection, where he is the second year of, of, of them doing it, and he curated a lot of his favorite artists. And if you're um, a fan of Selection and and music like that, and in that kind of you know uh, those kind of vibes, then you know you definitely were vibing with it. It was like I said, a stacked ass lineup. Usher was the headliner who fucking brought it. He played all the bangers, all the hits. Everybody was going nuts. I was fucking singing my ass off. That's why it sounds like I got a pony in my throat. I'm a little horse over here. Sorry. But I was singing my motherfucking ass off. And it was crazy. But like I said, it was, it was Usher, Erica Badu. Um, who else? I'm, it's not, I'm not going in order. I'm just saying it was Cali Uchis, Daniel Caesar, LMA. Um, who else? Uh, I finally saw two of my favorites of all time. I my one of my favorites of all all time, like Mount Rushmore, The Dream. I finally got to see The Dream perform live. I saw him do falsetto, which is a very 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 important song in my life, and I can now die happy saying that I have seen The Dream perform falsetto. Um, saw The Dream, saw uh, T Pain, saw Common. Who else do we see? We saw, um, uh, geez, oh my God, too much. Just off top, like I said, this is all off top, but it was an incredible show, as you can tell by my enthusiasm and my energy for talking about it right now. But great time. 
went with some good, had some good friends, saw some old friends, made some new friends. Like I said, just a good time, just vibing out, and all brought together by great music. So shout out to Joe K. Thank you for doing it. Shout out to Selection. Shout out to Smoke Group. Shout out to everybody that was a part of it. It was a great, great time. And if you went, you already know how good of a time it was. And um, like I said, I, I, just, I was just, just excited about that, and it just really gave me a lot of good, refreshing energy, like I said, because it was a great way to blow off a lot of steam because I've been so busy uh, these last couple weeks, and like I said, just a great, great time of smoking grooves, and um, just this summer in general, man, I've been having so much fun, I've been just doing, you know, just grinding, 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 and then doing, boom, one big thing, whether it's been like, I've been to like Vegas, um, smoking grooves, um, a bunch of other little things going on, you know, I've had like some parties and some 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 little like, you know, hangouts, get together, stuff like that, and got a lot of other stuff planned for the summer that, to look to look forward to, so like I said, um, Shout out to Summer, Summer 2K19. That's what I'm big fucking with with that as well. Um, and also, another thing that I want to say that I'm fucking with is wrestling. As you all know, wrestling is, I love wrestling. It is my favorite sport. But all these new alternatives to WWE, as you know, I'm very critical of WWE despite how much I love it. But it is not doing great right now. The WWE specific product is not doing great right now. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of, you know, not necessarily controversy, but just like poor booking, a lot of, you know, stuff going on behind the scenes that people are hearing about and how unhappy a lot of people are and how all this is, all this stuff that's going on as a direct result of this new promotion, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and how much of a success their first pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, was. And it, they, like I said, Double or Nothing is great. Or AEW has been great and their potential is great. But um, it's not just All Elite. New Japan Pro Wrestling, the essentially the WWE of Japan, is on fucking fire right now. They have so much going on. They just had their other big their their last big pay-per-view. I'm blanking right now, but they just had their last big pay-per-view. Did really well. A lot of great matches. But the next big pay-per-view that they have coming up, the G1 Climax looks absolutely fucking insane insane and if you were a wrestling fan or if if well here if you're a wrestling fan and you like you love the sport of pro wrestling and you are as upset and frustrated with the WWE or as bored or whatever whatever it may have you with WWE as I am and as a lot of people are this is now the perfect opportunity to expand your horizons and check out some new alternatives. Not just AEW, but I I, gar- I promise you, check out New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Specifically, the G1 Climax that's coming up pretty soon. And they're coming to America. They're, I think it's going to be in Texas somewhere. So it should be available for, for a wider audience, a wider Western audience to be able to see. I highly, highly recommend you check out the G1 Climax, and New Japan Pro Wrestling as a whole. They have formerly Dean Ambrose. They have John Moxley now. They have a ton of heat. They have a ton of incredibly talented, both characters that they have, uh, 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 talent, like their talent roster is insane as far as his character work and in-ring work. At the end of the day, what matters most for New Japan is their product in the ring. And they consistently pump out four and five star matches on a regular basis and it is so so good and they are this is the hottest that they've been in some time now and it like I said the G1 Climax 
just just do yourself a favor and and watch it and just just geek the fuck out over it because like I said you will not be disappointed so so that's what I'm fucking with lately like I said that's my recommendation to you don't have any crazy ER stories because I want to get right into the to the the, the basketball stuff because like I said I'm a little short on time right now but please do yourself a favor check out New Japan specifically the G1 Climax in a few weeks it will be worth it you can thank me later but all right now to get into the NBA, you know, all the stuff, like I said, it, that, that's been going on. Haven't been able to keep up with it as much as I'd like to, you know. I, I had to have class during a lot of the games, so I was able to watch, you know, the replays and the highlights and all that stuff. So I'm not going to do a full breakdown or anything of all the games and, you know, what the here's, what they should have done, what they shouldn't have done, whatever. I'm just going to quickly go over it, give my, you know, my thoughts on it and all that stuff. But as you all know, the Toronto Raptors have won the NBA Finals. First championship ever for the Raptors. First title for the Six, who won it in Six. And to quote the Six God Drake, how poetic is that? And the whole the whole city of Toronto, the entire country of Canada is loving it right now. I believe that their, their championship celebration parade was today. Like I said, they are just loving it right now. And it was, you know... It was a good finals. It wasn't great by any stretch of the me or, or 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 by any means or whatever. And it wasn't that. It wasn't a great finals. It was a very very good one. A lot of weird wonky stuff going on with it, but ultimately it was a good finals. And you know, the the one thing that I wish we got to see was you know the the Kawhi versus KD matchup. I just I just wish we got to see it. Because both of those guys were playing at the absolute peak of their powers this entire postseason. And it's just unfortunate that KD had to get hurt when he did. And we just didn't get to see it. It was, it just, it happens. It, that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, there's probably going to be more opportunities for it. Um, going forward, like I said, they're still young enough. They're still um, extremely talented, and and the, whatever teams they're on next year, um, and or the years in the years going forward, I'm sure, like I said, they'll have opportunities to face each other. But regardless of that, you know, Kawhi, like I said, who was was awesome all postseason long, averaged just this is insane. Averaged 28. 9 and 4 in the finals and 39 and 4 for the entire playoffs all while being almost 50 40 90 that's just fucking insane shout out to Kawhi Leonard the claw the <laughs> you know what i mean board man gets paid all the jokes you want to make at the end of the day Kawhi was the best player on earth for the last couple months and this his his playoff performance is has got to be way 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 up there with historic playoff runs like you know like with with, with stuff that you know like Kareem on the Bucks um you know you know Magic and Larry during the 80s MJ in the 90s you know Kobe doing his thing Shaq in the finals you know what I mean all these Tim Duncan like Way, way up this year. I don't have all the stats. I don't have all that stuff here. But it's just way up there off top. It's got to be. in LeBron with the Heat. You know what I mean? Just like that. It's way, way up there. Um, 
And so, yeah, shout out to Kawhi. Um, doing it again, doing the damn thing. and uh, But it wasn't just Kawhi, though, because each game, um, they had someone else stepping up. So that, that, I, said it, I said it before the final started. We all knew Kawhi was going to do, do his damn, do his thing. But they were going to need someone else each game to step up, and they did exactly that, whether it was Pascal Siakam early um, doing his thing, or it was Kyle Lowry or Fred Van Fleet later on, you know, in, in game five, game six, doing their thing. Um, and like I said, they they found a way to put it all together. They found a way to, to get the right guys going at the right times, uh, to pick each other up. And um, the Toronto Raptors, man, they are this year's NBA champions. Crazy, crazy, crazy thing. And another thing I wanted to say, last thing I wanted to say with it is... I saw this with someone made a great point on Twitter and shout out to you. I can't remember whose tweet it was, but it was shout out to you that this wasn't just a win for Canada. This wasn't just a great international win, like I said, just for Canada, but for the entire world because Toronto's roster is filled with so many people from all around the world. Pascal Siakam from Cameroon, Marcus Saul from Spain, Sergi Baca from the Congo, their, their GM, Messiah Jiri from Nigeria, and the motherfucking homie, Jeremy Lin, holding it down for the AZNs, baby, getting himself a free ring, and uh, like I said, it was just a great, great international world win, and just like I said, great feel-good moment, feel-good thing, just, just great for the game of basketball as a whole, for everyone else watching all around the world, because now they are seeing someone like them who did who lived where they lived came from where they came from was in their shoes at one point they can now see I can do this I can become an NBA champion you know what I mean whether you're from Africa whether you're from Asia whether you're from Europe you know what I mean they they see it now like it can happen and that's one of the great great takeaways from the Toronto Raptors winning this championship so like I said shout out to the world shout out to the everything but man, but man just for me being part Japanese being part Asian Jeremy Lin holding it down, got himself a motherfucking ring. Lin Sanity, baby. Let's go. That's crazy. But, you know, um, but as far as the Raptors going forward now, who knows what this team is going to look like next season. But, you know, with, with, with where's, what's Kawhi going to do? Do they, you know, do something with Lowry? Do they resign all these other, you know, Fred Van Fleet? Do they sign Powell? Do they do all these, whatever's going on? Who knows what this team is going to look like, but as of right now, I don't think anybody in Toronto or Canada as a whole, for that matter, cares because they are enjoying this win way too much right now. And like I said, deserved, deservedly so. So like I said, shout out again, shout out, congrats to the Raptors. And um, also just want to tip the cap, great effort from the Warriors in what was easily their toughest postseason yet. As far as this, um, as far as what this Warriors team, you know, the core of this Warriors and how it's going to be constructed, is easily their toughest postseason yet. And they fought hard. You know, Steph played as, as hard as he could trying to put the team on his back. Draymond tried to put the team on his back. You know, Clay did as much as he could. Katie tried to come back, do his thing. Boogie went out there, tried, to, tried his best to do what he could. Steve Kerr coached his ass off trying to just figure things out. You know, just 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 trial by fire everything but just injuries proved to be just too much for them 
as they lost both KD and Clay. And, you know, the KD thing we knew was kind of inevitable. If he came back, he's probably going to get seriously hurt, which is very sad to say, but we just all knew it. And once Clay went down too, once that happened, you just knew that that was it for the Warriors. And like I said, it's just injuries, man. It's just that's the way it goes sometimes. That is just the way it goes. And as far as KD and Clay go, prayers up for both of those guys. Fucking sucks that two tremendous players who are top 15 to 20 in the league right now both had to go down with such such devastating injuries. KD with his Achilles, Clay with his ACL. And and in their prime, in their prime years, you know, especially when KD was playing so well, Clay was just playing like a fucking badass motherfucker out there. Saying, I ain't going, we're not laying down. I'm not taking shit from anybody. And it just sucks that they had to go down the way they did. And I hope that both guys, um, you know, come back just as strong as they did before. Um, because the league is better overall when uh, those guys are playing. So, like I said, best of luck to those guys in, in, their, in their, their, their surgeries and recoveries and rehab and all that stuff. But, you know, similar to the Raptors, who knows? what this Warriors team is going to look like next season because of KD and Clay and their free agency. And now with these injuries, like how that affects it, like what's, you know, who I don't, you know, I think regardless KD was gone anyway. And I think it just really changes things with Clay as far as how long he's going to stick around with what kind of contract they give him all that stuff. I don't know what's going to happen. And not just those guys, but you got Boogie, what's he's going to do? And some other the bench guys, and this is going to be a really, really interesting offseason for Golden State as far as what they do. And you know, a lot of people are saying, "Is this it for this core group of this Warriors team?" Um, especially with them going into the new stadium and the new arena. Excuse me. You know, with the new beginnings for them, like what's going to happen? So I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone knows what's going to happen. And as far as all the free agency stuff goes. I'm going to save all the hypotheticals and like who I think is going to go where and what and all that stuff. I'm going to save that for a later pod where I'm going to try to break it all down for everybody as far as who I think goes where and all that stuff and whatever. Um, so, so like I said, I'm not doing that now. I'm going to do that later. So stay tuned for that. But the finals are over. But basketball never stops, especially for the Lakers. Because unless you've been living under a rock, arguably one of the biggest trades of all time went down on a Saturday afternoon, a random Saturday afternoon, right after the finals. Um, tried to sneak one by us, but come on, you can't be doing that. You can't you can't sneak a piece of cheese past a rat. But even though it's not official yet, Anthony Davis is going to be traded to the Lakers. It, the trade is Anthony Davis going to the Lakers, and in return, the Pelicans get Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and like four, four, three first-round picks. They're getting this year's fourth-round pick. They're getting a top-eight pick in 2021, which if it lands outside of the top eight, I believe, it becomes unprotected, and they can use it in 2022 instead of 2021. And then they also get a pick swap in 2023 
and an unprotected twenty unprotected first round pick in twenty twenty four. So, I've had a couple days now to process the trade and really trying to gather all my thoughts. Because when I when it when the trade happened, I was at <laughs> smoking grooves and I was big turnt, just dummy turnt. Everybody, that's all everybody was talking about. Just like because every the notification went off, everybody was on their phones checking it. It's, it's in Long Beach. It's in the LA area. Everyone was Laker fans. Every a lot of people had Laker jerseys and stuff like that. You know. That's all everybody was talking about everywhere. Um, and initially, the thing that just pissed me off was that we traded Lonzo. Because if you're a fan of this pod, you know. But if not, I am a huge Lonzo stan. And I think that he can become a really, really good NBA point guard especially with the Lakers I wanted him on the Lakers so bad because I wanted him to be with LeBron for his last you know this is essentially LeBron's last tenure I wanted him to be with the Lakers and with LeBron in his last tenure because Lonzo can be the guy who can take a lot of the workload off of LeBron as far as like ball handling setting up the team setting up the plays doing all that stuff for during the regular season so that way LeBron is fresh for the postseason. And it'll also just help make Lonzo a better player going forward and all that. And not only that, but he, he like I said, he's, a, he's an incredible passer. Just has a great feel for the game. A great instinct. A great sense of what's going on. What's, gonna, what's happening and what's going to happen. I said before, he always sees the game one step ahead. You know, he's... he's he sees all the moves like before they're he knew he knows how the the, the, the pieces on the chessboard are gonna move before they move. He he know he he knows like to, he knows when to make the the right play, whether it's passing, you know, or getting the hockey assist, you know, the pass that sets up the right the right shot, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. There's that. He plays great defense. He was the Lakers' best on ball perimeter defender all last season before he got hurt. And right before he got hurt, he was playing the best basketball of his career, both on offense, on defense and offense. And that's with me, who I've been saying this with Lonzo, any offense from Lonzo right now is just icing on the cake for everything else. With Lonzo, you don't need him to be an, uh, an offensive threat. Because with how the Lakers were, with LeBron, with Brendan Ingram, with Kuzma, with you know whoever else they would have wanted to bring in, with whoever else they wanted to have brought in, those guys are going to be your main scoring threats. And like I said, like anything from Lonzo's icing on the cake. And as his career progresses, he's going to get better at offense. We've seen it with time and time. How many times have we seen it where someone comes in the league, they're great, but they, can, they, but they can't shoot. And then towards the end of their career or as they go on, they just get better at shooting because, duh, that's what they do. They work on their game. And they get better. So that's why I was, I'm so upset about Lonzo and I wish they could have kept him. But I know that this trade doesn't happen unless they throw Lonzo in there. And as for the other guys, I'm not saying that I don't care about them. But again, if you're a fan of the pod, you know how I feel about Ingram. And I've never, ever, ever thought that he was, that the comparisons to KD were, were valid and were fair. Because they're just wrong. And that's just, just wrong. Because he cannot shoot like KD can. 
And in my opinion, this isn't a knock. He's just more like Rudy Gay 2.0 than KD 2.0, where he's this long swing man who's relatively athletic, who can score in a multitude of ways from like 17 feet and closer. You know what I mean? Just, you know, whether it's not necessarily a full post up, but down low like that, like down like in the, in the paint somewhere, just shooting over the top of someone because he's so long or getting to the rim, cutting, you know, to the basket. Um, and, but he just needs the ball. He just needs the ball to be truly effective. And he isn't, like I said, a pure shooter in the way that like a KD or anyone else that they say that he is or whoever he's been compared to. They aren't that great of shooters and doesn't play that good a defense. So I'm not knocking Ingram. I mean, he has potential to be good. You know, I just don't think that the KD comparisons are fair to him because now they're putting this unfair expectations on him and he honestly probably will not get there. He just, just being fair. Like I said, he's more like Rudy Gay to me than KD. And like I said, it's not a knock on him. It's just I'm just trying to be fair and trying to be more, give him more accurate player comparison for what his career could look like. And and even though I like Hart, I feel like him being on the Lakers last year, oh, on these past years, just listening to him in different interviews he's done, like most notably the No Chill podcast with Gilbert Arenas and the way he interacts on Twitter and stuff, I feel like him being on the Lakers in like a, in a high-profile position or just being on a high-profile team like that and getting more notoriety just because of the fact he's on the Lakers is giving him scary Dion Waiters-level irrational confidence because even though, yes, he's, he's serviceable, he plays hard, and I love the effort. And I love how hard he played for us when he was there. I think that this trade will be a rude wake-up call for his career. And he'll see quickly how he's not as good as he might think he is. And I'm, I'm not saying he's bad. You know what I mean? I'm not saying he's trash or anything. I'm just saying that he has this inflated thought of how good he thinks he is. And that's due to the fact that he played for the Lakers. And like I said, it's not like I don't care about those guys. I wish nothing but the best for them. And honestly, I think them being in a new system, specifically an Alvin Gentry system that's more run-and-gun style, up-and-down, faster pace, get the ball, go, 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 you know what I mean? I think it'll be beneficial for them, especially with Lonzo and Ingram, because then Lonzo can get the ball and just run and just be in space and just make plays. Like, that's what he does best. He just makes plays. And Ingram's best when he's getting to the rim. And they can just, you know, get fast break opportunity points of just finding, you know, Ingram cutting to the basket, you know what I mean, in a, in a, in a you know, in a two-on-one, three-on-two kind of situation. So I think that'll be great for them. And like I, I, like I said, and I wish them nothing but the best, and I wish we could keep Lonzo, but I know that this trade doesn't happen without him being in the deal. But I'm just, I'm just so upset that he's not with, the, he's not with us anymore because there's, I just saw that, that there was so much, so much potential for him on this team, and I wanted him to be on this team so bad. It's to be a part of this. Um, and just last thing with these guys before I move on to the, the Lakers part of it. I think I speak for everyone when I say this. That the Alonzo to Zion. Alley-oop highlight reel show. Is every single modern NBA fan's wet dream right now. Because the thought of Lonzo just 
dishing it to to Zion, flying through the sky, Lob City 2.0, all that shit is going to be fucking insane. With that up and down style, like I said, that Alvin Gentry likes to run. Like I said, Omar from House of Highlights has got to be just fucking just chubbing, half chubbing right now thinking of that. So all the content he's going to get, all that shit he's going to get from it. So like I said, I wish these guys nothing but the best. I, 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 I'm pretty sure they'll be all right. Who knows what's going to happen with them? I'm going to be following them just like I follow the other guys that were on the Lakers when they were bad. And like I said, I hope, I hope that they do well. But it's Lakers first for me, no matter what. And, you know, even though the trade technically has not happened yet, it's going to happen and there's nothing that we can do about it. And as a diehard Laker fan, I have... I just, I have, I've, I've literally, I just have to look on the bright side and be optimistic about it. And I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, even though I'm sad to see Lonzo go and Ingram a little bit too, but just, you know, I'm sad, whatever the situation, having a core of LeBron James and Anthony Davis to build around is about as good as it's gonna fucking get, baby. Like, that's just fine. It's like, fine, we don't have anyone else right now. But you know what? At least we have AD and LeBron, and we can figure the rest out. Now, that is the question. It's a two-part question, actually. It's a two-part question. The first part is, what do the Lakers do going forward? Actually, let me just rephrase that. It's what is their philosophy for constructing this team going forward? And I know that sounds like, duh. But what I mean by that is that by... So by by making this trade, we just gutted our young core. And on top of that, we traded away all those first round picks. So we now we don't have we don't have an opportunity to really build a young core anymore unless we find some gems like Kuzma in the later rounds or later on in the draft, which is a lot harder to do than it sounds or than it is. But by the Lakers doing that, they are telling everyone that it is now or never go for broke. It's it's do or die for winning a title in these next couple years. Three or four at the most. Because LeBron is 34 and going to turn 35 this year. And he's under contract with the Lakers until 2022, I believe. Which, what a coincidence, <laughs> is the same amount of time as up, up until when the Lakers give up uh, have, have or, or stop giving up their draft picks. So, what a coincidence that happens to be. Um, but, even, like I said, even though we, even though he's LeBron James, Father Time is undefeated. He's gotten the best of everyone. And, who knows 
how LeBron will be by then. We already saw we already saw him, you know, start to just let LeBron know he's there, like, hey, and he just poked his groin a little bit, pause, and told him, listen, you're LeBron James, but I'm Father Time and I'm here. Don't forget that. So who knows what's next? And it always takes one injury to start that that, that ugly cycle of one thing, then you overcompensate for that one thing by stressing another thing, and it leads to everything. So there's that. And on the flip side, yes, we do have Anthony Davis, who's only like 25 and in his prime and still can get better, which is crazy to say as good as he is, he can still get better. And he's more than likely going to sign a max deal after this, this upcoming season. For when he when he becomes when he actually becomes a free agent, and that'll lock him up for about maybe four or five years, right? But we just saw Anthony Davis and fucking Clutch Sports, those motherfuckers, and those and his and those guys forced their way out of one max deal. So who's to say that they won't try to do it again if? Things don't go their way, or the things that go the way that they think it, that they should go. So, so there's that. And, but like I said, by doing that, by not having a young core anymore, the Lakers now. In my notes, I wrote essentially, but it's not essentially anymore. It is. This is how now they have to. They have to build this team the way that they did with the Heat and the Cavs when LeBron was there by signing veterans and role players and stuff through free agency. And that is the second part of this question is, as Laker, this is for Laker fans, specific, this, is, this is for Laker fans, specifically as Laker fans, are we prepared for... LeBron and Clutch Sports and the Lakers to run this team or can we expect them to run this team the way that it that LeBron had to have the Heat and the Cavs run are we ready for that strategy and philosophy of team building because that's what we're going to have to do and you have to ask yourself am I okay with Seeing how, seeing at, at, at this stage in LeBron's career, and I know things are a little different, just the way that the NBA set up right now, but we're either gonna we're either gonna get the Heat version of it or the Cavs version of it. The Heat obviously being much more successful, winning, uh, what was it, two 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 rings, uh, two championships in Miami, but it was two out of the. Four years, I believe, that he was there, they won a ring, which meant two years they didn't win. And with the Cavs, it was one out of the four years he didn't get it done, or he got it done. Now, our, like I said, as Laker fans, yes, they got the one chip, but for those other three years, they were considered disappointments, and everything was, was all bad and all that. So as Laker fans, you have to ask yourself, are, are you prepared for your Lakers team to operate like that. Because that's what is going to happen. That is what is going to happen. And 
So I know they're going to have room for another Max guy. But in my opinion, just me, this is me talking, this is the Mamba talk, the brown Mamba talking. Some idiot sitting in his, sitting at home, yelling in front of a microphone. In my opinion, I don't think they should spend all that money on just one guy. Like if they, if they, if they sign Kemba Walker on a max deal, I might fucking smack somebody because that is such a waste of money. They should, they absolutely 100% should not do that. But rather what they need to do or what they should do is divvy up that money amongst a couple or a few different guys who, you know, check specific, who are just proven players who check specific boxes and do, you know, like, like, like whether it's shooting, rebounding, defense, energy, all that, all that stuff. But check those boxes or know their role, like know their roles, check their boxes. They know, they know who they are and what they do. And they do that very, very well and are paired with that point in their career where they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I, I had a good run. I just want to give myself the best chance to win a title. A la Andre Iguodala when he went to the Warriors. Like that, that blueprint, you know, like the, obviously like the, uh, you know, like Ray and KG and all those guys, like that point, that, they need to find guys like that. And if they can do that, I think that's what's going to give them a better balanced team rather than like having three big money guys where your money's tied up in three guys. And then now you're, you're, you're scrambling, uh, uh, you know, trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents or, or, or penny pushing, you know, just, you know, rubbing two nickels to make a dime out of, you know, a bunch of other like random guys. And like I said before, I'm going to have a more detailed free agency episode where I break all that stuff down and go through everybody and who I think should go where and all that stuff. And I might even, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I know for, I'm, right I'm going to do one that is just completely dedicated to what the Lakers do. Because like I said, this is so, it's so important. This is the way that they have to do it that I'm just going to go through them and I'm going to go through it. So there's, like I said, I'm going to do all that later, but I'm going to wrap it up by saying this. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again, but with even more emphasis now, because like, because of this, this trade actually happened and it happened now that this off season for the Lakers is the most important off season ever, ever for the Lakers. And they have, they have to nail their free agent signings. For the sake of the Lakers' future, for the, like I said, our the Lakers. Whether you want to think about after LeBron or whatever you want to think about all that stuff, don't even like the Lakers' future right now is the next four years. That is all they have to focus on right now, whether we like it or not. That is it. You have to focus on this next four years, and they have to. And by they, I mean Genie, Rob, Palinka. Kurt Rambis, whoever the, whoever the fuck else is back there making the decisions. You guys, they have to nail this offseason. Or these next, of, these next at least this and next offseason. They have to nail these offseasons. 
and get the right pieces to fit with this team in order to put the best roster on the floor that will give the team the best opportunity to win a championship. And on top of that, not just because of the way that the team is going to work, but this, I think their best chance is this upcoming season. Because this upcoming NBA season is looking to be the most wide open, like up in the air where the title is completely up for grabs in a long, long time. Because like I said earlier, without KD and Clay, Clay to injury, KD also injury, but probably because he's going somewhere else. Who knows what the Warriors are going to look like? So the West is going to be way up for grabs and everybody's got to be licking their chops knowing that they're going to have an opportunity to make it to the, the, the to the finals with the Warriors being, you know, less than healthy or less than 100%. And not just the Warriors, but what's what do the Rockets do with all the stuff that the Rockets have going on? What do the Clippers do? What do they look like? Are they going to get Kawhi? Are they going to get somebody else? Are they going to move some pieces around? Because who knows when Jerry West is involved, who knows what's going to happen? What happens with, the, like I said, the Rockets, the Clippers, the Thunder? What are they going to look like going forward? What are they, what are they going to do with um, Stephen Adams' contract? What are they going to do with you know Jeremy Grant's contract? What are they going to do with a bunch of all the other, other uh, players they have on their team? And all the other teams in the West, the Jazz, the Blazers, um, you know, even the other ones coming up, the Kings. Like I said, what are the, King, the Kings are coming in hot, you know what I mean? But it's not just the West. And then on the East, like I said, they have a chance to take over the East, take, take on the, player, the, the teams in the East because... It is damn near inevitable that Kyrie's leaving Boston. Now, whether he's going, probably going to Brooklyn, but he's leaving Boston. So now, what do the Celtics look like with how disastrous their season was last year? And it's not just the Celtics. The Bucks and the Sixers, the other two best teams in, uh, in, in the East, have a lot of decisions to make in free agency. The Sixers, you know, picking between Butler... Uh, um, excuse me, Butler, uh, 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 Harris, and Redick. What do they do with those guys? And then with the the Bucks, you know, I mean, they got to sign, they got to pay Brook Lopez. Now they're tied up with money in Eric Bledsoe. Do they amnesty him? Do they? What do they stretch him? Do they do whatever? You know, they got to, you know, they got to do something about Brogdon. You know, uh, Giannis is due for a contract in the next couple. Years. You know, what I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with the big, big teams, and it is wide open as I've ever seen it before, and. As upset as I initially was that this that this trade went down for a, a myriad of reasons. If you listen to the pod, you know why I feel the way I feel about things. But now, like I said, I've, I've come to terms with it and I have no choice but to be optimistic because all things considered and everything that I just laid out, an opportunity like this does not come around very often. And I don't know if they have the best chance, but the Lakers have a really, really, really good chance to take advantage of this opportunity and make the most out of it and honestly go out there and get a fucking chip. And, and, and God damn it, I just want to see my fucking Lakers be good again. God, that is all I want. I just want them to be good again. I want to be happy watching Laker games and not have to roll my eyes and yell and like smack my couch or like, you know, make all that stuff. I want to see my Lakers good again. And 
I want to see them win. I, I want to have that feeling that I had in 2009 and 2010. I want to have that feeling back when they were good and they were winning. And this this right now, this upcoming season, in, in, like I said, in my opinion, is their best opportunity for them to, to, to get that. So, whew, glad I got that off my chest. I needed to get that off my chest. Ah, I feel good. So that's going to do it for me today. Thank you guys for listening to me. Like always, it's, it's big love. And if you missed me, I'm sorry, but I'm back. Don't worry. The mob ain't going nowhere. So if you like what you heard, like always, make sure you subscribe, like, share, comment, all that bullshit. And uh, tell a friend to tell a friend that I'm available anywhere you get podcasts. So subscribe there. SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all that good stuff. We're not, not excuse me, not iTunes anymore. Or, or uh, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. It's all there. Um, YouTube as well. And uh, if you want to follow along on the socials, make sure you do. Instagram, Twitter, Brown Mamba Radio, Brown Mamba, on my personal handle, at J-X-C-K-S-X-N-N-N. That's three N's. And if you really want to show some big love, you can support, you can show love on the Patreon as well. And like always, everything is available brownmamba.co so thank you guys for rocking with me for holding it down all that stuff appreciate it I'm gonna be back doing my once a week again don't worry but uh, until then I'm gonna play you guys out to one of my favorites of all time a song that having seen performed live I can now die happy and you already know what the fuck going on you already know what it is it is falsetto by the dream. So, like always, everyone, don't just have a good week. Make it a good week. Drink more water. Summer's here. Stay hydrated. And health is wealth. Be kind to each other because it's easy to be nice. We'll catch you guys on the next one.
can come back down We can talk in this key right here But anytime you want me to take you up Baby, jump on this elevator Promise there ain't nothing greater Take a shower, just take a shower Just take a shower, just take a shower 